The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. World, here we are. We're flying solo today. I am Zim Hude, your host, and um, this is the Orange is the New Black podcast. I'm filling in, uh, I guess filling in because I'm going dolo without Ace today, but we're going to have some fun. Um, Ace is on vacay, so that's not a bad thing, you know. <laughs> we need to have fun, but I made sure I peed before I started. And I drank me a little smoothie. I got my boy from Midwest Barbecue, my man Tim. I got his stuff ready to go. What's up, Jacob? How you doing? The purpose of this thing, I guess, is to get everybody on board what we've been going through or looking at throughout camp. A lot of people have been asking me about a lot of different battles. I've even had a, and when I say battles, I'm talking about between the offense and the defense, one on one matchups. Uh, what's up, Henry? What's up, John? What's up, Jacob? Appreciate you guys being here. Appreciate you guys being Bengals fans, period. What's up, Cam? So one of the things that I talked to about a lot of people is injuries, talking about COVID protocol, different things like that. We're going to talk about the Migos, who I feel are the best trio in, in the National Football League. Um, we're going to talk about Trey Waynes, uh, Fred Johnson, different things like that. So what's up, Josh Holland? What's up, bro? Um, so for me, I want to start it off with just summarizing when we started off the today 
or we start off the beginning of the week, uh, Trey Wayne's hamstring came up on the injury report. So he didn't practice today. This is August 3rd. Fred Johnson also came up on the injury report with a quad injury. And that showed today because the lack of depth at maybe the tackle position put some guys today in some some tough some tough positions, I think, especially when it got into like some of the drills where it's 11 on 11. Uh, Cam Sample on the good side was cleared. Another thing that I put out on, on Twitter is that I wanted to commend the Bengals players. This isn't a vaccinated versus unvaccinated, unvaccinated conversation or anything like that. But I just want to commend the players on being 100% healthy through COVID um, thus far. It, it could be sheer luck. But I think that's something to be said because around the league, I live in Washington, D.C., they got currently about six or seven guys on their COVID list. So we want to make sure that we highlight that. Uh, one of the things that we were talking about like last week that I wanted to highlight was Jonah Williams uh, was asked to put on a, a little bit more weight, 15 more pounds. Uh, one of the concerns that I probably would have had early on is that you want to make sure he has enough weight to to be able to take on bull rushers and bull rushes from the edge position. So I thought that was really, really important that he does that but doesn't put on too much weight so that he's still able to get out on the edge and, and do his thing at the tackle position. So everything looks pretty good from him. I know Riley Reef had a small little ding up at the end of Monday's practice. Um, I don't think that carried over. I don't think that was even reported, but I know a couple people told me that. Um, I saw somebody earlier ask me about this because I've been on like four shows today, so I've just been running. Appreciate you guys supporting me and Ace's stuff. This is from Ace's uh, New Stripe City. Please make sure y'all check that out at newstripecity.com. I don't want to forget that because the Migos is where it's at, and that's what it is, and we're not changing that, and I got all the faith in that. So that's the Jonah Williams thing. Uh, one of the reasons why I think that was important for me to bring up is because today we saw with Fred Johnson not being there, Trey Hendrickson and Hubbard had a field day. And in that, they were kind of getting the best out of Deontay, um, Deontay Smith. So there's some things to be said there about depth. And one of the guys that I really like, you know, my man Andre Parada, who's been on the show, he was part of the Civil War stuff and everything like that. He made a great point that there are guys still out there to be had that they haven't even taken a look at that they 100% should take a look at because the depth at the tackle position just isn't there. And he raised a great point is that uh, if a Mitchell Schwartz or somebody is out there, I'm, I'm pretty sure Mitchell Schwartz might be looking for like a starting position. I, I'm not 100% sure on that. So don't don't report that. But But I will say that. If one of these guys go down at our tackle position, which I think is fine, Jonah and Riley Reef is good. If one of them go down, then you're in a tough spot where you're asking a, a rookie first man off the bench to come be a swing tackle and play. Uh, that's a tall task in our division. And then you got guys like Fred Johnson that you'd be counting on, which I feel pretty confident in. At the right tackle position, that's something he did pretty well at. We interviewed him. He said you could put him anywhere. So that is what it is. I wanted to talk about that. Overall, what we've seen is the theme of offenses not hitting the ground running like we thought they would, and offense being the calling card for this football team, right? But the defense has absolutely been killing it. Now, I will say this. On all NFL rosters in the offseason training camp, you're always looking at a situation where the defense usually hits the ground running. 
I've told people this. I don't think it means much. I played cornerback when I was in high school. So I do look at cornerback position a lot more, contrary to people belief, um, because I love wide receivers so much. I think it's because, you know, I have this huge level of respect for really good route running, and I have a really, really good respect for technique. Some of the different things that I've noticed, like, in the offseason that happens every offseason is that, especially in 11-on-11s, whether we're in a zone or in man, the assignment is super simple. We might switch it out and go to cover three and a lot of different, a lot of these clips are showing different variances of cover three. The offense still has to learn a lot of different wrinkles and a lot of different things and cadences that they need to get on board with. And those are the things by the time you get to week three that you'll see to come to fruition with routes that, I, that these corners, I was about to say where I'll be sitting on, but where these corners are sitting on it, you're not able to sit on it as much because now it's disguised a little bit better. Joe Burrow's now communicating to Jamar Chase a little bit better. And one of the things I was looking at is you could take with a small grain of salt is that Jamar Chase had a route. I think that was Monday because we're on Tuesday. Yeah, that was just it was that Monday. He has a, a complete timing throw. It's an outright outright right at the chains. Awuzie knows it's coming. Joe Burrow throws the ball well before his break. So ultimately, you're already seeing what happens when you have the cohesion. A lot of people talk about like they don't feel like it's a big deal that Joe Burrow did all of this stuff with Jamar Chase in college, right? I think that was an early instance of it showing where they've done that route. They've done that a million different times. And even though Tyler Boyd is your money guy on third down, I think they're going to have some, some routes that they like that they know that they can get on anybody if he if Joe Burrow sees the coverage that he wants to see. And early on in 11-on-11s, he's going to be able to see a lot of things that he wants to see. The other observation that I had, and I was telling um, a guy this earlier, my guy Taylor, we I, I did a show for him earlier. I'm going to post a link for that too. Make sure you guys check that out. I will give you the link for that later on on my Twitter. But one of the things that I was, I was saying is that looking at this defense is very clear that they're going to be a bend not break type of mode where you're going to have a, you're going to have a lot of zone coverages and you're going to have a lot of different techniques that are centered around channeling the wide receiver or giving up the field to the spots that Jesse Bates can get to whereas guys that we were talking about Xavier Howard or these guys that people were like why don't we get this cover guy why don't we get this guy whatever i think the shutdown corner is not part of lose system and you hear Von Bell speak earlier today. He's saying guys are really bought in. And I think if the communication is there, I'm already seeing a path where in a lot of games, it's going to be hard if a team is down because of the tackling skills of Mike Hilton, because of the tackling skills of Trey, uh, Trey Waynes, of the tackling skills of Von Bell, and all of these guys that can come up and make plays in space, you're going to see a lot of different opportunities where the ball is going to be in front of them and Jesse Bates isn't going to let anything behind them. That system is going to work a lot when you're dinking and dunking or guys are trying to they're trying to come back. They're not going to be able to throw on us like when they're down. If they're up is the part where I think it's going to be a lot of challenges for this defense because there's not a lot of guys that are that have elite ball skills. And when I say that, I mean that they're not going to really, really take the chances that I would like to see. You're going to see like Eli Apple, I think, 
and Darius Phillips at the backside of the cornerback room are the two guys that I think are willing to take a little bit more chances. But with Eli Apple playing really well, he was tight in coverage on Monday. We're on Tuesday, right? I got to keep on reminding myself that. You're going to see a lot of different instances where these guys are going to keep things in front of them and Lou is daring teams to throw it in these zones, in these pockets. And you saw the strip. The strip fumble from Jesse Bates that he uh, that he executed well on Jamar Chase yesterday. Those are the type of opportunities that they're going to have. But interceptions, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be situations where teams are going to be forced to throw it in the tight windows, and the Bengals are going to be all over that. But the things that's going to happen is that if they're up, it's going to go well. If they're down, there's not going to. I could see us getting into these situations where. Run defense is going to be a big, big thing that is improved for this team. But when teams get into these passing situations with the lead is the thing that the bend don't break type of thing is where we're like, why don't somebody make a play? The elite pass rushes just aren't there. Osai flashed today. But like I said, we got a lot of backups and guys getting in reps, um, you know, that that hadn't been getting reps in. So that's very telling to me that in the offseason, they didn't do much from a from a pass rushing standpoint to go get the guys that can wreck games. It is very promising that today Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard probably had their best day of camp. So I will say that I, I really feel good about that. But I do struggle to find um, solace in the fact that these aren't athletic freaks going all around the, around the field making these crazy plays. The Bengals' defense is set up in zone opportunities and cutting off small windows and zones that are going to allow teams to kind of – they're going to dictate where they want teams to play, to throw the ball and get the ball to, and we got all the guys in place to make the, the – to get a ball handler on the, on the, on the ground. So those are the things that I think that I'm seeing early on in camp. And the coverage has been pretty tight, even when they had to go into man situations. So you'll have like different cover three assignments and different um, assignments that still put some of these defenders in man situations when it's in their given zone. And you're seeing that early on. Awuzie and Jamar Chase are having like these epic battles every day at camp that I just – you know, as a former player in high school, which is nothing, not saying that I'm anything as far as football goes, but I, I just love watching it. I love watching Awuzie early on. Doesn't take the chances that he that a lot of guys probably would take, but his footwork and his technique and his balance when he goes, when Jamar chases at the top of routes or when Jamar Chase is about to make his break, and you can see Jamar Chase's feet thinking. When I say that, his mind is now communicating with him. The elite, the elite wide receivers, you don't see that sometimes. So those are the things that Jamar Chase, as he goes along in his journey with us, you're going to see him develop and get in a lot better space where he'll start to take off on these routes and is not thinking and it's super fluid. There was a, 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 a big go route today. I don't know if it was – I see the whole play, but Jamar Chase beats Awuzie. He breaks away with this acceleration right at the end of the play and it catches Awuzie off guard. But those are natural instincts just off of his athleticism. You're going to see about three or four instances of that from Jamar Chase early on the season. That's going to make teams start to back up just that little bit, right? And that little bit of backup 
now gives Tyler Boyd the one-on-one that we wanted across the middle. Third down is money. It's coming to him. We know it's going there, but you can't stop it because if you go back, we know what you don't want. You don't want Jamar Chase beating you over top. And you damn sure don't want T. Higgins beating you, as we saw yesterday in the back of, a, a, of the red zone. Check out the pocket on that on that play, too. The, the T. Higgins play where he's in the back of the end zone, was that on Saturday? That wasn't yesterday. That was Saturday. The pocket was beautiful. Khaled Kareem has shown flashes at camp. He, he had a nice rush on that one, but Jonah holds, right? And, and it allows T. Higgins the, the three seconds. So the elite uh, offensive lineman or elite offensive line in the National Football going 2.8, 3.2 seconds. The bad ones, 2.6 and lower. On that play, three seconds, right? That's what elite, that's what elite offensive line does, right? That little bit of time allows T. Higgins to come across the face of the defense on the backside where it's just so hard to pick up coverage when you got somebody at the back of the end zone going all across the whole entire coverage. There's not many teams that can make up ground for that. And that's where guys like Honey Badgers and the Minka Fitzpatrick's of the world, they make their calling card because they're able to act and, re and, and react to different things like that. But when you got a guy with T. Higgins' build that's able to climb a ladder at the back of the end zone on plays like that, there's just no stopping that. And it's all ba based on and predicated on time from the offensive line. So I thought early on, you're seeing different plays where offensive line or offensive play through Jamar Chase, whether it be that one go route, or maybe it's Jamar Chase in a contested route that you guys saw on Saturday where he's just breaking on it and Joe Burrow's already anticipating these things. Those are the glimpses of hope as we start to develop and get further into this camp. We're so early in camp, so I just wanted to point that out. Um, I know I just said a lot. One of the things I want to talk about too briefly is this. From a fantasy football uh, um, perspective, Let's let, let me get back into this trio because here we are, right? Don't y'all find it super, super funny? And I tweeted this earlier today. Everybody's got love for us, right, when it comes to a fantasy football draft, right? You're all mocking these guys. PFF, my boy Evan McPhillips. Shout, Evan McPhillips. Shout out to my boy Evan McPhillips. But don't y'all find it super, super funny or just flat out stupid that people will go out of their way to make sure that they mock all of us. They love us when it's time for fantasy draft, right? What is fantasy football based on? Anybody know? It's based on what you currently have done, what you have done in your past, your talent level, and a projection of the season, right? Where is a team that is projected to have three wide receivers have 1,000 yards? So Tyler Boyd goes to the podium. He says, yeah, I think we can do it. Of course he should say that, right? Hold on, let me get a sip of my smoothie. They're not sponsored, so I'm going to cover that up. So listen, everybody wants to be a Bengals fan when it's time for an NFL fantasy, a fantasy draft, right? But check this out. You go on Twitter, you go on Facebook, you talk to your friends. What do they do? Oh, 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 oh the, the Buccaneers, the Cowboys, they name you all these guys, all these teams that they're saying is better, that have a better trio or have a better set of skill positions, right? Why do they do that? Because it doesn't fit the narrative that the Bengals actually have what it takes. I was on earlier with my guy Taylor, right? What is the number one uh, conversation piece that I hear? Oh, well, and Bengals fans tell me this all the time. Well, until Jamar Chase does it, then I can't give him credit for it, right? 
two parts to this. I'm gonna break it down for you, super simple. If it was, if it was just that, right, we would have to take that same conversation to the Titans. Julio Jones coming off an injured, an injured, an injury riddled season comes back. Couldn't I say until he goes out on the field, right? It's not based on the past, right? It's based on currently right now. If we're looking at the past, Jamar Chase absolutely destroyed the SEC. Belivnikov award winner with the quarterback. Oh, that happened to win the Heisman the same year, right? So it works in that uh in, in that conversation. You ask the LSU fan, they say, Yeah, greatest duo I've ever seen. But when they get in, they suddenly put on black and orange. Now we have to merit it down. Now, as Bengals fans, now we have to tone up our we have to tone down our, our expectations. Why? Because everybody else is trying to sell us on all these other people. If it were that way. Why don't they get the same ding on their merit or their resume? Julio's injured. AJ Brown had I I love him in fantasy. He 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 was injured a couple games, you know. So it is what it is. All right. So then we go to Buccaneers. They're three wide receivers. So Mike Evans coming off an injury season. Chris Godwin coming off an injury season. Right. Nobody gives them that same argument. And then what's their next wide receiver? What Tyler Johnson? undrafted in fantasy football based on talent and projections, right? If he was as lit as everybody wants to tell us he is, or Antonio Brown, that's the person, ninth round. No 12-man league, we do draft him before the ninth round, right? If he were as lit as they tell us, why don't you draft him in the sixth or seventh? All of our wide receivers get drafted rounds as early as two through six, or in, at the very lowest eighth is the last person at Tyler Boyd who gets a 1,000 yards every season, right? The only other team that could possibly run out that same lineup is the Steelers, right? But now, I'm sorry, the Steelers or Pittsburgh. But now look at them. Now they have the quarterback that is now in most leagues getting undrafted with the probably on paper the worst offensive line. But they don't get dinged for that, right? But I got to ding myself because I got Riley Reef and, jo and Jonah Williams. Right. But they don't have that. But we're, we we're, we got to give them credit for that. Why do Bengals fans short themselves on conversation pieces like that? Why does the world short us on pieces like that? It's because they're scared of what, what when you see something new or, you know, something's crazy or, you know, something is unorthodox It's three number ones playing for a team. And some crazy guy like me telling you this is the most lit thing on earth projected to be. You follow it in fantasy football. You draft it accordingly. Back to the Bucks. Antonio Brown doesn't get drafted to the ninth or tenth. How old is he? He was almost out the league. That's a better. That's a better trio than twenty-one year olds in their prime, twenty-three year olds in their prime, non-injured, not coming off a PED. You know, what's what's the kid uh, coming off the P? You, you know, like uh, Will Fuller and them, right? But. Y'all got to pay attention to that stuff. I don't come on here and say the Bengals had the very best offensive line in the world. No, they don't. No, they'll be lucky if they're top 20, right? But if you have something that's good in life, champion that. If you're a fan of the team, tell everybody you know. Tell your mom. I told my mom. T. Higgins is lit. Jamar Chase is lit. Teams don't do this. My wife said, who are these three dudes? These are the guys that are going to change the NFL. Why do I know that? Because nobody's done it. Nobody's doing it. Julio and A.J. Brown aren't that. They're, they're older. I can't help it that they're injured. I can't help it that my boy won a Belifnikov, you know, 
while he was 19 years old, the best wide receiver in football. You talk about what I need to see him do it. He did it. Right. So now he goes out there based on projected. If you felt like he wasn't that lit, then why does he never get past the fifth round in fantasy football, which is based on talent and in projections and, and all of these different things all into one big ball that we throw out every single Sunday. But then when it comes to the Bengals conversation, we can't have that same conversation. So I caution you to find out who are these messengers and you could talk to me in the comments. You could give me any trail you want. They're all weak. Give me Vikings. Okay, I'll take their top two. Who's the third? Chargers. I'll take their two. Who's the third? They got a running back. Do these teams have a running back like Joe Mixon that goes into the top 10 of running backs too to pair that up to? You got a top 10 quarterback who's the 11th quarterback on the worst day coming off fantasy? Nobody has that. And it's all up to the Bengals to put that all together. Um, I wanted to go through that because I thought that was a very important thing. I talked about the Bengals offense versus defense. I had that. I also, um, um, one thing I, I thought was a good uh, poll, if you guys get a chance, check it out. I feel like the Bengals safety duo is amongst the top three in the NFL as well. So that's a good poll. It's on my timeline. Uh, Ace New Stripe City started that too. Um, but it's a whole lot of orange out here. I don't have my shirt on today because I'm repping my boy Ace. But at the end of the day, uh, Zimhude.com. Please check with us. We're going to have more shirts coming on. I'm going to release the black colorways. The amount of support has been amazing. I've never seen anything like this. Every time I go to my phone, it's a brand new order, a uh, brand new order. And I love it. And I love you guys for supporting the team more so than myself, because by you buying into a whole lot of oranges, you're tired of a whole lot of mess and you're tired of uh, a, a whole lot of fake narratives and fake media stuff. And you're ready to go on tour. You're ready to go take the league by storm. And it's, 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 yeah, like my bro just said, hello, world. We're here. And it's only up to, you know, people being active and, 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 and just health. That's the only thing that can stop this. And I want you to know that, you know, and if it's in God's will, you know, it, it's going to happen the way I say it's going to happen. If it isn't, then it is what it is. But you have to support the guys and you have to be able to tell people. This is what we do really well. This is how we stack up against the rest of the league. That doesn't make you a homer. I watch more football outside of the Bengals than any. I watch more all 22 for other teams. That's how I'm able to come on shows like this and be able to tell you that. Um, what was my next point? I wanted to ask some questions. One of the, oh, this is my last question, uh, my last point before I get into the next thing. The one thing about Jackson Carmen is this. I wanted to make sure... We were clear on this. Uh, I took a little bit of flack because Ben Baby posted on Twitter. He says, uh, Jackson Carmen is rolling in with the thirds. I just want you all to know this. And then, and then later on, Jackson Carmen and Michael Jordan then get reps starting yesterday and today uh, with the guards, right? But I want you to know this. The reason why I put so much pressure on Jackson Carmen is because out of thousands of prospects, listen to this concept. Out of 1,000 prospects, we were there at the 38th pick, ready to pick. They traded back, and I understand, what did we go to, 43? But he's still a top 50 prospect in the world, in the world, not just the United States, the world. Anybody from Argentina, anybody from Australia that wants to come play some football, here we are. Come to the draft, right? Everybody in the world. So out of 50 people in the whole world, you mean to tell me this guy isn't ready to play? 
And maybe he isn't ready to play at the guard position. Maybe we have to groom, in, groom him into that. But if his talent level should be that high that I don't have to worry about can he play? Why are we asking those type of questions? Bengals went against the grain by drafting Jackson Carmen when everybody in this in this in this in this live chat tonight or anybody listening to this right now is knowing what I know. You didn't mock Jackson Carmen to your team. You looked at Jackson, you looked at Tevin Jenkins, you looked at Sam Cosme, you looked at uh Leatherwood, and Bengals had the play, they had a, a reason or they had an opportunity to make a play on all of these guys that we all mock. They went against the grain, and I'm not an offensive guru, so I'm an offensive line guru. So I'm going to trust them, the Willie Andersons of the world. But by you saying that we're going to go against the grain and that the talent level's got to be there, I don't feel like I'm jumping the gun by saying this guy should be starting year one. If he doesn't start, check this out. All of the people that are now saying, well, Xavier Sulafilo and, 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 and Quentin Spain now get a chance to go and start, then you, you, that, you want the veteran leadership. Those same people were the same people in the offseason telling me that you couldn't have that for the offensive line. Now we wake up and that's good enough? Put the same pressure on the offensive line that we had in the offseason. Don't just drink the Kool-Aid because it's the offseason and we're ready to hit the ground running. And now you get scared of the plan. The plan was always Jamar Chase. You feel me? It was always Jamar Chase. When we did Team Chase, we went to the Civil War. We weighed out all the options. We looked at all the prospects. It was always Jamar Chase. Right? And then what was it? Second round, we're going to go get our guard and a tackle of the future. By you not starting Jackson Carmen, it's a detriment to the future of the team. It is a detriment to everything that you did as a, as a scouting department by saying this is a top 50 prospect in the National Football League. Do you know how bad teams like the Browns stay brown and stay bummy and stay brownish for years? By overcompensating and drafting guys where they shouldn't. It's particularly at the quarterback position and offensive offensive line. And then what? 20 years later, what happens? Oh, they get the playoffs and then they come over to Cincinnati and talk trash to us. But in Cleveland, when you had that brown water over there and, the, and, and, and you were stinking up the joint, we were just letting you live. Now you come over, you get your one playoff game because I ain't have Andy Dalton, right? Because I got to keep it real. Now you come over, you assemble the offensive line, you spent some money. Now you better go win your Super Bowl right now because your window's closing because Baker Mayfield isn't worth the money that Joe Burrow is worth, right? If I'm keeping it real. But with that being said, bad teams draft early and they don't hit. The reason why Tyler Boyd is lit, the reason why T. Higgins is lit, why Joe Mixon is lit is because early on they hit the ground running. Joe Mixon was third on the depth chart, right? But what did he do? Hit the ground running. His talent level outweighed everything. Anybody saying, well, you can't just hand Jackson Carmen a job. Cool. I'm not handing him a, guard, a job, but I'm going to give him reps. What you going to do for me, pick 38? Because I'm still looking at you like you picked 38. When I set up my plan, I knew you would pick 38. And you and Bengals switched it up, and they got Deontay. And I like what they did. Nice. Good stuff. But at the end of the day, you took a guy top 50, and the talent level's got to be there. If he ain't starting, he better flash. You feel me? He's got to flash. And that's the only way that you could warrant taking a pick that high. And if he doesn't earn the spot and he can't beat out a career backup, then that's very telling. Does that mean that's the end of his career? No. 
but I want guys that pop off the screen, pop off at practice. I want the vets telling me, hey, hey, did you see uh, 79 today? Whether he starts or not. And I can't get that by him holding a clipboard. And all you paper pushers sitting at home, they ain't never been on no football field. Put your clipboard down. Get off the damn computer and stop typing and get out here on the field with us. Because talent plays. You want to go to a good, good franchise, to a bad franchise really good? Because I do consider this a good franchise, contrary to most people's belief. I do feel like there are a lot of things in place that have happened and a lot of people that are in place and the talent level is there. You see people like Corey Dillinson, the talent's always been there. You know, they're doing something right. Duke Tobin's doing something right. It's the reason we still stuck around. Because if I was the Browns, I could never stick around that long. Mr. Browns, hope you're here tonight, Mr. Brownie. And if you're if you're a friend of a Brownie, send him this. Tell him it's this guy on here that looks crazy as hell talking and spewing 19 years of boo-boo. And if we don't want to be that because your window's small. And how do you make a small window? Take a second round pick and shelf them and bench them. Mike Jordan was forced into a position because we had an incompetent offensive line coach putting him in a position that he shouldn't have been in. Totally different with Jackson Carmen. The competition will be there. The people will be there, but the talent shall rise. If he ain't rising to the top, it's super telling. You want to go back to the draft next year and go and draft the guard? that you want to be the right guard of the future when you got the right guard sitting right there. Jackson Carmen was drafted so he could be right guard for this year. That was the plan. Don't deviate for that because y'all getting scared and now sweat starting to drip because cleats are now hitting the field. Now we got we, we to gotta compensate for his feelings. I'm going to put pressure on Jackson Carmen. The same pressure I'm going to put on Amigos because I said they're the best. And I believe they're the best. Ain't going to be no drop passes. And we're going to get three, 4,000 yards. I don't have any reason to believe that it wouldn't happen. Why? Because you're living in your past and you're scared of your future. I ain't scared of my future. I know it's bright as hell. So Jackson Carmen, get the reps in. Show me what's up. Flash. And when I interview him, I tell him the same thing. We got any questions tonight, baby? Anybody got anything? Let me go back up here and read some of this stuff. Uh, my man Owen says we got a nice window that we can't mess up. My man Diddy. What's up, Diddy, bro? But I'll say this. Rather have Jackson earn that starting spot. You're damn right. He's got to earn it. But the talent will always rise to the top. No reason the Bengals can't run, though. How do I scroll up on this? Flying solo is a little bit tougher than what I thought, right? <laughs> Let me go up. Hold up. Hunter Morris, they're talking to Browns, talking about they're going to get a Super Bowl and all this other crap. It is what it is. We know what it is. We know that Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that must play into rhythm. He'll never be Joe Burrow. He can never orchestrate the orchestra. Is that a word? <laughs> He'll never do that, right? You know, that's what makes Joe Burrow special is that the mental fortitude and everything that you want from your quarterback is already in place. The the feeling that people get when they're in a building with him is already in place, right? Laney Gaines, what's up, bro? Appreciate you. My man said, shout out to my man, Zim is the GOAT. Uh, uh, what's up, GOAT? We need to do a video. My man, GOAT is in here. He plays football, too, but he's not good. He's about to do highlights on his own self because that's what you do when you play football in high school. You just go make a highlight film for yourself and send it to recruiters. And I just had to get on you about that. I'm sorry, bro. That's funny as hell. 
My man makes highlights videos for the Bengals, but he plays football. So, of course, he's going to make his own highlight video. So, Godex, when you see this, make sure you send that to me because I'm going to post it. And if you some trash, we're going to all take a look at it and we're going to, we're going to assess it. Diddy, you're the man. Um, uh, John Wicks' whole lot of orange this year. 100%. It's going to be a whole lot of orange. I got new players dropping. As soon as Jesse Bates signs the contract, we got that. Uh, T. Higgins. Talk to Mama T. I'm going to tell Mama T if she's listening, if anybody knows this, uh, make sure that Mama T uh, is going to be the person that tells me when we're going to drop the T. Higgins. Uh, Owen, week four is going to be lit 100%. If you guys haven't done this already, me, Ace, a uh, uh, bunch of people, uh, Yaz, uh, Joe Goodbury, James Rapine, Malik Wright, all of us are going to be at the week four Thursday night football game. There is a link that I'll post later on the day because I, I haven't been posting that lately. But if you want to sit in our section and come cheer on with us, then do so. I encourage you because if it gets really lit, I'm going to take my shirt off and this belly fat is going to hit the world and it's going to change the world. When this belly comes out, people may faint. And I don't know if that's a good faint or a bad faint, but we'll figure it out. Uh, Dave says, Zim, my question is this. Does the O-line look better just on fundamentals and technique standpoint yet? Is it too early to tell? It's too early to tell because early on right now, you're saying rookies like today, Deontay, um, Deontay Smith, he gets outworked. Isaiah Prince gets outworked. So there's only but so much that Pollock can do and translate to a football player. It is very encouraging that all the office alignments seem to love him, gravitate to him. We know that Joe Mixon loves him to death, too. And it's based on Pollock has played football before, although he was more of a, you know, a journeyman type of role guy. I think players feel that, whereas Jim Turner, they didn't quite feel that. So that's really, really important. I think that that translate. But finishing reps hard. Uh, doing a lot of different things where they're going super, super hard. Um, there's, di there's different ways to handle veteran guys. And there's a guy I talked to earlier today and he just said like the handling of him as a professional is a lot better. A guy that's actively on the team. So in, um, in, in regards to how Jim Turner handled him. So I thought that was really good insight is that he understood that and, and make no mistake about it. People aren't talking about Marion Hobby. Marion Hobby, the defensive line coach, was lighting into people today. I seen him light into people um, last week, one day, too. And that's a guy, shout out to my boy Deshaun Williams. He was telling me him, Reader, and guys at Clemson loved him. And people are making a lot about Pollock. Marion Hobby is a hot name that if this defensive line plays like I think it can with Mike Daniels and company and all of my boys up front, the big bodies up front, and Pollock, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, and Hobby and, and gets these guys in a run defense that I know is coming our way, I think it's going to bode well for this team. Um, but technique-wise, uh, I think now you're not seeing – some of the two-handed stuff that you saw from uh, Turner where guys don't like that, where you're lunging and now faster guys are kind of making it, uh, you may make it hard to get hands on them and stuff like that. But uh, single-handed stuff, like there, there's a lot of technique stuff from an offensive line standpoint. Maybe I'll ask Willie that has changed and it's more geared in towards the player's favor. 
that was all the time I think we had. I don't want this thing to run really, really long. I appreciate you guys sticking with us. Make sure you check out my boy Ace. Get one of these Migos shirts at NewStripeCity.com. Please make sure you check me out at ZimHude.com. You are rocking with the best. These other dudes out here, they are telling you about what the Bengals need to do and all this other stuff. Make sure you understand that they work for this, right? I'm doing this because I love it. No matter where you see me elevate to the next level or whatever, understand that I got a different agenda and I only will settle for one thing, and that is to win. So be careful of the messenger that you always hear whenever you're talking about Bengals and whatever. I'm going to tell you the real. I'm going to tell you about linebacker versus wide receiver or any position that you want to talk about. But when it's time to talk about what we do well, I'm going to be able to talk it the best. And I talk my trash before the game because I I don't want anybody to mistake where I'm coming from. This is this is what it is, and this is all in my heart, and I'm going to spew it out every single chance that I get. Whole lot of orange. Check out my Twitter, highlights for all from today. Check out my YouTube, highlights all from today. Check out my TikTok, highlights all from today. Check out my Facebook, just put in Zim Hude. Orange is the new black. Yes, sir, skew!